0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil Garfield Show, a presentation sponsored by www.livinglives.wordpress.com, GTC Honored, and The Garfield Firm, serving all 50 states with news and analysis, Hi,
1: this is Neil Garfield, and this is Thursday, March 26, 2015. Do you have the same power as a judge to declare your note and mortgage void? Yes. Do you have the same power as a judge to order your creditors to return all the money they got from you and all the money earned from originating your loan? Yes. Your letter giving notice of rescission has the same effect as a judge ordering it by operation of law. It has the same power as though your creditors had already appealed and lost unless they file an action in court contesting your notice, which is the same as an order. And if they do it within 20 days of the notice, big questions that are coming out here, and which was causing confusion throughout the country for many years, is what does it mean to say by operation of law? And while that seemed pretty obvious to those of us who were more academic, in practice, judges and lawyers were not getting it. By operation of law means it has the same effect as if a judge entered a final judgment or order. And so when you give notice of rescission, of canceling your loan contract and nullifying your note and your mortgage, when you drop that in the mailbox, it is the same thing as an order being entered in the clerk's office in a court. Recission talk is growing in America. The banks are scared. The big question I'm hearing now is, can I give notice of rescission now, today, tomorrow? And we're going to talk about that tonight. Lots of discussion and some questions and hopefully some answers. Available from prior court decisions, most especially, of course, the Jesunowski decision from the U.S. Supreme Court, a unanimous decision of all justices uh, written by Justice Scalia. And remember, you can listen in just by going to my site on Blog Talk Radio and hear the shows again or for the first time. I'm broadcasting live from a very warm Boynton Beach, Florida, brought to you by the Living Lies blog, GTC Honors, AMGAR, the Garfield Firm with offices in South Florida, and this show is specially brought to you because of donations to the Living Lies blog from listeners like you. Thank you. For those of you who are not contributors, we ask that you call 954 495 9867 and pledge whatever you think you can afford or go to my website www.livinglives.wordpress.com and click on the donation tab. Our mission is to share as much information as we can to help homeowners and other people who may not be aware of the effect the housing crisis has had. If you read my blog article set to be published tomorrow morning, you will see that the issue of securitization is actually very simple as a concept, but it has been confused by the banks and even more confused by the judges. I have heard with my own ears, judges say that it doesn't make any difference who you owe the money to. You owe the money, end of story. But more and more judges are coming to realize that if this was the law that they are enunciating, then we'd all be in chaos. All anyone would need to do is rifle through your mail, find out who you owe money to, and then demand payment without showing you they have worked for the company that you owed the money to. A landscaping guy could demand payment on your Visa card. That's nuts. And more and more judges are realizing that that is nuts. So the entire world of finance, mortgages, mortgage-backed securities has been turned inside out and twisted around to the point where Janet Tabacoli and others who are experts in the mechanics of securitization would never recognize it. And thus we have had millions of foreclosures by the Essentially, the landscaping company that rifled through your mail, ruining the lives of people who, in actuality, owe money to a pension fund um, under circumstances where their home is not encumbered by a valid mortgage. So we've been fighting those issues out, but we're going to look at, and we have been looking at for the last few weeks, a much stronger remedy federal law, and it's been affirmed by the U.S. Supreme Court unanimously. So judges might not like it on the state court bench or even a federal bench, but it is the law of the land, and they must follow the law, not rearrange things the way they think Congress should have done it. You can't legislate from the bench. And the wording of the Truth in Lending Act, TILA, is very very clear and today I'll try to clarify what it means when something is true by operation of law that phrase by operation of law seems to be what is causing all the problems even though for those of us who have been to law school pretty clear what it means simply put when something is considered legally true by operation of law is because there is nothing further that anyone needs to do to make that thing true, legally. It doesn't make any difference whether it's right or wrong. If the law says it and it says that it's true by operation of law, then that's it. End of story. No court action. No lawsuit. No argument. No judges who are biased or whatever. So let's take some simple examples here. So if a judge ordered you to give back the truck you borrowed and there's nothing further you needed to know, there's nothing further you need to know, you must give it back or face consequences. The judge has already decided that you don't own the truck and the the other guy does own the truck. But if you appeal or move for rehearing Within the prescribed time periods, under the rules of civil procedure, you can delay the effect of the order until your motion is denied. For a motion for rehearing, it's usually around 15 days. For appeal, it's usually around 30 days. Whatever the deal is, you can't say that the guy you borrowed the truck from must prove again that he owns the truck and again must prove that you're required to give it back to him. That was already decided when the judge ordered you to give back the truck you borrowed and already decided that the other guy did own it and that you borrowed it and you owe it back to him. So if a judge issues an order, then that is the operation of law that requires the return of the truck. The issue is decided. You can't bring it up again. Under the Truth in Lending Act, TILA, like other statutes, certain things are true by operation of law upon the occurrence of a certain event, just as though that event were court order. In rescission, it is the act of dropping a notice of rescission in the mail. At that moment, it is like a judge ordering the rescission. At that moment, by operation of law, the recipient must make certain that you get back the canceled original note, and the recipient of your notice of rescission must also take all steps necessary to eradicate the mortgage from your chain of title because... By operation of law, that is to say the Truth in Lending Act, the mortgage and note no longer exist. Period. End of story. They don't exist. They're void. No. Void. It's like a judge heard the case and said the note and mortgage are void. But a judge doesn't need to hear that case because by operation of law under the Truth in Lending Act, that takes the place of a hearing. But under TILA, you don't need a judge to have your rescission rescission effective. The effective rescission has the effect of completely nullifying the note, nullifying the mortgage without a satisfaction of mortgage and requiring a whole bunch of money to be returned to the borrower. And then only after the recipient has complied with all aspects of the borrower's deal of rescission. They can then make a claim for return of money if they can prove that the money is owed to them. It's as though a judge was saying, regardless of what you have to say, the note and mortgage are void, and you owe the borrower back all the money he paid and all the money that was made at the closing. The borrower does not have to prove it again. It's done. He doesn't have to prove it again because it has already been proven by the statute. If you drop a notice of rescission in the mail, then the rescission is effective. Why am I so sure? Because the Jesinoski decision of the U.S. Supreme Court says so. That is the highest court in the land, and the decision is final. It doesn't make any difference how many of those justices voted for it as long as it was a majority. But in this particular case, it was all of them. Even though they are from opposite ends of the political spectrum, all nine justices voted to have Justice Scalia write a very short opinion that basically says TILA means what it says. No judge in any court has the power to overturn or reinterpret TILA in, in any light other than the Jesinoski decision U.S. Supreme Court is the highest court in the land and whatever they say is the law of the land, that's it that's also by operation of law and operation of law means the issue is decided final and forever, even if the decision is wrong even if it's if what is in the statute you disagree with or you think is wrong, it is still final. Once it gets to the U.S. Supreme Court, it's done. Stick a fork in it. That's why the U.S. Supreme Court exists. So if a judge doesn't like to steal a rescission and wants to give who he thinks is the lender a break, he can't without getting a severe slap on the wrist from a higher court. This issue has been completely decided. It's over. And what has been decided is that when you drop the rescission in the mail, it is effective at that moment. You have canceled your loan contract, canceled the note, canceled the mortgage. The Federal Truth and Lending Act was originally enacted in the late 1960s and has had several revisions since then but none of them changed the mechanics of the law. So we are talking about law that has been in existence for more than half a century. Why is it there? Because Congress came to the conclusion that the banks could not be trusted. Another reason why I say that the legal presumptions that are being used against borrowers should not be allowed to be used by banks who have already proven that they can't be trusted who have already submitted fraudulent documents, fabricated documents, RoboSign documents, forged documents, and perjury as testimony. And so Congress had two choices. Either create a huge new agency with tens of thousands of agents monitoring every loan transaction, or make it so dangerous for lenders or banks to break the law, that they will suffer more than they can stand. It was supposed to cause the banking industry and the lending industry in particular to self-police themselves to avoid the harsh remedies under TILA if they don't comply with the Truth in Lending Act. Well, we all know that didn't work in terms of the banks self-policing themselves, so now the banks have to suffer the harsh consequences regardless of whether you're right-wing, left-wing, Republican, Democrat, or independent. It's simple. If the banks screw up the lending process, they're the ones who should pay through the notes, and the remedy is called rescission. But this is no ordinary rescission. This is a very specific, private, Non judicial remedy available to almost all borrowers. It consists of a letter, and that letter has the same force as an order of a court, which means that when you sign that letter, it has the same impact as a judge signing an order. And when the letter is dropped in the mailbox, the mortgage and note are gone. The debt. Stays in in existence up to the point where a creditor can prove it, but the mortgage and note are still gone. That means the house is not encumbered by a mortgage it's unsecured that changes everything in a bankruptcy and other actions as well and where the rescission was already effective before judges by the hundreds, maybe thousands, were making the wrong decision about rescission, thinking that they could apply the rules of common law rescission to the Truth in Lending Act. All those orders and judgments and discharges and bankruptcy and everything were wrong. And I just got notice a few days ago from a friend of mine who reopened his bankruptcy on exactly those grounds, on the grounds of Jeff Anosky saying that in his bankruptcy his property was considered an encumbered asset when in fact it was unencumbered and therefore the whole bankruptcy was wrong because his asset value was much higher without the encumbrance than was considered during the time that his bankruptcy was considered and During that time of course in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal they thought you had to file a lawsuit in order to rescind but that's not the case. So no lawsuit needs to be filed to exercise the right of rescission and no tender of money is required to exercise the right of rescission under TILA. Just a letter and you should have proof of bailing. Now if you don't send it certified mail, return receipt requested, and you don't have that proof. You might still be okay. Um, there are other ways of proving it, and the easiest way is when the servicer or our bank sends you back a letter saying, "We got your notice of rescission, Go stick it." Well, you just proved that they got it. So, and that's all that matters when they reject your notice of rescission is being wrong for whatever reason, but they haven't filed any lawsuit, they blew their time. They had to file that lawsuit within 20 days of the rescission. So if somebody sends a notice of rescission today and 20 days goes by, their opportunity has passed to file any challenge to the rescission. It is at that point that the mortgage and note cease to exist legally, and there's no way to reinstate the mortgage and note except by a lawsuit brought by the creditor to challenge the rescission. Here, there are rules just like the motion for rehearing or appeal that I discussed a moment ago. Here in Florida, it's 15 days for rehearing and 30 days for appeal. For rescission, the creditor must file the lawsuit against the borrower within 20 days. End of story. One day late and you're dead. It's final. There's nothing further the borrower needs to do to cancel the note and mortgage. That's the whole point of the Scalia opinion. That's the whole point of the of statutes. That's the point of Teela. The borrower's letter has the force of an order of the court. The lawsuit by the so-called lender must be brought within 20 days of the notice. If they don't file that lawsuit within 20 days, they are screwed. And the reason, despite several articles and opinions rendered by other people, the reason that has to be filed within 20 days is that if they could file it after that 20-day period during which they're supposed to comply by sending the canceled note, by filing the satisfaction of mortgage, by sending the money to the borrower. If they were allowed to file it afterwards, that would mean that the rescission was not effective on the date that it was dropped in the mailbox, which would mean essentially overruling the statute. And the U S Supreme court unanimously said, you can't do that. So, They have to file within the 20 days. Yes, the banks are screwed by their own misbehavior, just like anyone who misses the deadline for a motion for rehearing or the deadline for the filing of a notice of appeal. If you miss it, the moment is gone. And if you don't comply within those 20 days, the borrower can then bring a motion to execute on the rescission, compelling the creditors to comply By returning the canceled note, filing the satisfaction of mortgage, and giving back the money. But if the borrower brings that action to compel compliance, that does not mean that the issue of whether or not the rescission was effective could then be brought up. That's already been decided, it's dead and gone after the 20 days. So, in particular, If you file a lawsuit to enforce the rescission, it has already been established that that is not the exercise of the right of rescission. If you're filing a lawsuit to enforce the rescission, it's because you sent a letter, and presumably it was received. What are the lender's obligations? Send the borrower a canceled note file a satisfaction of mortgage, and return all money paid at origination of the loan and during the life of the alleged loan as to principal and interest. So your monthly payments have to be returned back to you. I don't think they need to return the the insurance and tax payments, but that might be an issue. If they don't do it, you can sue them to make them do it and you can file an action for quiet title and an action for damages plus attorney's fees and court costs because anything they did after the rescission as though they did have a valid note and mortgage is invalid. So the mortgage and note are void even if someone is holding the note and even if the mortgage is still recorded in the public records. They're void by operation of law and they're void by operation of law because you drop a notice of rescission in the mailbox. They're void as of the time you drop the notice of rescission in the mailbox. Thus, any sale of the mortgage or property, any foreclosure, and any judgment entered on the basis of the note and mortgage is void to the rescission. The only way the banks and services can avoid this result is by filing that lawsuit, contesting the rescission, and doing that within 20 days of notice of the rescission. No exceptions. And this is strictly construed in favor of the borrower. In fact, not even the borrower, in my opinion, can take back the rescission because what he did had the force of law. Only a judge could reach the decision to take it back, and no judge has jurisdiction to even hear the merits of a challenge to the rescission if it was filed after 20 days from the date of the notice of rescission. It's like nonjudicial foreclosure with a small window in which you can challenge the substitution of trustee, the notice of default, the notice of sale, Miss the window, and the banks argue that there is a specific statutory scheme that does not give the judge discretion to change it. That same argument is why the banks lost in Jessenowski. This forecloses the bank's mortgage and note with a brief window of 20 days in which they can challenge. If they don't, they're out using the same argument they use day in and day out in non-judicial states. A specific statutory scheme has been enacted by the U.S. Congress and the U.S. Supreme Court, highest court in the land, unanimous decision, said the statute means what it says. Which gives me only a moment to answer a quick question from somebody, area code 407, uh, first three digits, 242. What is your question?
0: Yeah, hi. Um, A couple of things. Um, I have an ongoing 2009 foreclosure case, and uh, I actually have the trial date coming up on the 20th. I went ahead and sent the rescission notice today and was wondering, first of all, if it's 20 business days from from sending the rescission. And also, uh, whether or not I should bring it up, um, you know, at the trial, um, you know, if they haven't uh, contested or you know, um, you know, filed the declaratory action.
1: Well, from your area code, it looks like you're in the state of Florida, so I can be a little stronger in my opinion. I think that um, if in the in, in the next twenty days they don't file something in court. Contesting your right to rescind I don't think that they can raise any issues Including statute of limitations Or anything else Um, And On the day of trial um, You know Obviously I don't know your case But on the day of trial I think most lawyers Would go in there and say Judge this case is over There is no note in mortgage Here's the notice of rescission Is the proof of sending by operation of law. There is no note and mortgage. Therefore, there could be no foreclosure and their case must be dismissed. Under those circumstances, I don't know that the borrower will get an award of attorney's fees, but I think that the borrower would most likely win under those circumstances. Uh, But again, as I have frequently said in the past, Uh, This this, this program is for general information purposes only and should never be used as a substitute for the opinion of an attorney who actually knows your case. Even though I'm licensed in the state of Florida, it doesn't mean my opinion is right as to your case. Unfortunately, I spoke too long in my monologue, so we're going to have to take questions next week. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next Thursday.